welcome to Block in the Back. On this podcast, we chat about all things Dynasty Fantasy Football from leagues to rankings. Now don't turn your back, square up and get ready to have some fun and get your teams to a championship with your hosts, Tyler Fish and Ryan Paulish. Welcome back to Block in the Back. We are back after, is it a two or three week hiatus here, Ryan? It's I've never been happier to see your bald head. So how you doing, man? It's, it's been a while. Yeah, no, I am super excited to get back talking football. It's been a while. Life has been getting in the way. Work has been extremely busy. And uh, glad we're able to make something work here. Can't wait to put out another podcast. I know, I mean, our last couple had a, a, a lot of listeners. and I feel, I feel bad, really that we haven't been putting more out. So hopefully we can get some good content out for you here today and, and help you with your dynasty teams. But it is great to be back, Tyler. Yeah. I mean, you've had a brutal month, uh, as your season. I mean, you are in, in your season as a, the parks and recs guy, you got to make hay while the sun shines and, uh, you, uh, is it cool down for you? Yeah, it's starting to cool down a little bit. So I had like four weeks, that were 80 hour weeks in a row. It's always like the last two weeks in May and the first two weeks in June are all about 80 hour work weeks for me. And then, then fortunately we had the old grandma pass away um, peacefully and, but, but, but last week, so that was, that was difficult with doing the funeral stuff and getting all that arranged. And so that put like a five week kind of thing on it. And Finally, we're kind of slowing down. We got a couple more tournaments left, but at least it's not just all week long, every single week. So I am ready to get back after the content, man. Yeah, sorry to hear that too, Ryan. I know we spoke last week about that, but that's that's unfortunate. And, and I know the Polish family is a strong one, so they'll they'll keep keep grinding and keep going. So uh, did want to talk about the the 2019 draft class and some of you might be like what so that's third year guys some potentially could break out and that's what I'm really most interested in so I kind of want to really you know dive in deep to some of these potential third year breakouts guys that haven't hit yet and you know we could differ in opinion on what a breakout is I suppose um, and then we might just chat about that class in general some of the guys uh, you know if, if Ryan you want to bring up a guy um, how we feel going forward. I know Ryan and I were talking off the air, you know, when we're valuing these running backs, I mean, these guys now are going into their um, uh, third season. And at that point, it's for running backs, you know, it's it's kind of shit or get off the pot. So, I mean, plus their bodies are starting to wear down. So it's like, how much longer do we hold out on these guys? So it's, you know, it, it's a it's a fine line and it's decisions need to be made. Um, so Ryan, do you want to kick it off or, uh, anything you want to add to what we're going to bring the listeners today? Yeah, I mean, I will kick it off, but I mean, these third year guys, so there's, there's a fine line between being patient on a player and waiting for them to break out. Cause I think that's position dependent, like wide receivers, some, some, some wide receivers take three years. They do like if they're buried on a depth chart or they're just a little bit of a raw prospect and then tight ends for sure. Like we've been saying that since day one on the podcast, like those take a little bit longer, those tight ends to develop and get NFL ready. Um, and then the running backs though, it's almost like the opposite, right? So we always preach that two to three year window. 
on their third year, they're going to be, if they're a first round draft pick, they are one year out of that contract year. And we know we don't like that the second year contract or the second contracts on running backs. So I think this is going to be a good episode. It just, it's a good exercise, I would say, to, to see what we think of these players. And I want to go right off the bat with a running back from 2019, one of the top rookie picks in 2019, and that is Josh Jacobs. Now, Josh Jacobs plays for the Las Vegas Raiders. He has been on and off. I think he's had a pretty good career, though, honestly. I've been pretty impressed. Last year, he was RB8. Now, coming out of college, he was supposed to be this pass-catching running back who was going to be a PPR stud, and it hasn't really been the case. Now, the volume is there. His touchdowns have been there, but he hasn't really been utilized out of the backfield. And he's still producing numbers, though. He's still an RB1. Now, the, the serious question is, what do we think of Josh Jacobs going forward on his third year? Do we think they're going to be utilized more out of the backfield? Do we think he's going to catch more passes? I'm not really sure because they did sign Kenyon Drake, right? And he's supposed to be the notorious pass-catching back, too. So now they just added that to the mix which makes me a little concerned where he's not going to get more work. I've kind of lost faith in, in Josh Jacobs getting more work out of the backfield as far as pass catching goes, but he's a good running back, man. So, so where are we valuing him? Is he a top 12 guy or is he starting to fall into that mid to high end RB two two range? Tyler, what do you think of Josh Jacobs going forward? Yeah. And I, I just want to say, so his rookie year, he played 13 games, finished um, PPR-wise uh, 21. This past year, he finished as the eighth running back. And, you know, I think where he's being valued, especially probably um, in a startup or in redraft with that Kenyon Drake edition is, is money. Um, I actually, I like Josh Jacobs. Last year, he was my dark horse candidate to finish uh, as the top overall scoring running back. I mean, dark horse candidate, right? And he started off hot with like a 40-point week and then kind of tapered off. I mean, he had 12 touchdowns on the ground last year and, you know, limited work uh, in the air, like you said. But I, I think it's what you see is what you get. Um, I think he's that he's that fringe, like top 10 guy, and he's going to hover on that top 10. Uh, and I think that's what you're going to get with him. And not that that's a bad thing. I don't want that to sound like that's bad. Uh, I like Josh Jacobs. I, I do. I think he's a really nice running back in terms of evaluate or, you know, how do I evaluate him for years to come? Uh, he's going to finish out his rookie deal, his rookie deal strong. Uh, he's just built different. I don't know if anybody's ever seen that TikTok where that guy cracks an egg in his bicep. That, I just did that. Uh, he, I don't know. I am a fan of, of Josh Jacobs. Uh, he's going to finish his rookie deal strong. Now, second contract, I don't know. We'll have to discuss at that point. But I, I think you're going to see about the, the same production. He'll be, uh, you know, that fringe RB1 guy, but I think he does finish as an RB1. Okay, so you're seeing him as like a top 12 to 9 guy, essentially, or maybe even yeah. 8? Yeah, probably closer to 12, but yeah, I think he finishes as an RB1. Okay, so, so I mean, that's his cap, right? So I do think he is being undervalued, if that's the case, which I actually agree with you. I don't know if his rushing – like um, output is going to be any different with Kenny and Drake there. And even, even Kenny and Drake out of the backfield catching passes. I mean, Josh Jacobs had 45 targets and 33 catches last year. 
that's not anything to, that's not, that's not great, right? Out of a su- supposed PPR back. So I don't think Kenyon Drake is going to take anything from him. The key here is that Josh Jacobs is still 23 years old. People forget that he was very young coming out of college and he's almost like, like a Joe Mixon type, right? Where he's on his, Joe Mixon's on a second contract and he's only 25 years old or something like that. So Josh Jacobs has potential to just be that solid running back for you. I think his ceiling is definitely capped because they won't utilize him out of the backfield. They just signed Kenyon Drake, but I do think he can hover around that RB one low end RB one territory where at his value right now to get a low end RB one for potentially the next two years, that's extremely valuable in dynasty leagues. I would be, I mean, would you give up, would you give up a first round pick for Josh Jacobs? If, if yeah. you're, yes. Even if it's a mid yep. first round pick, like I, yeah. I would honestly, would you? Yeah, I would. I mean, I mean, that says it right. I mean, that says it right there. I would absolutely give up a mid first round pick. If it's anywhere from like one six to, to one twelve, that's easy for me. Cause I think you have two years uh, on writing out that rookie contract where he's just solid. They're going to give him the ball on the ground. He makes people, makes people miss. He has a good juke rate. He, I mean, yeah, he doesn't catch the ball. And, and everybody's expecting Josh Jacobs to catch the ball out of the backfield. I think that ship has sailed, but I think he's proven otherwise now. He's the goal line guy. They give him the ball on the goal line. Derek Carr is no superstar, so they're going to run the ball with as much as they can. So I'm a big Josh Jacobs guy going forward. And I, now that we're talking this out, Tyler, I would almost call Josh Jacobs a buy right now for what I think he's being valued at. I would definitely give up a mid first round to late first round pick for him. Yeah, I, I agree for what you're going to get production wise the next couple of years. And, and he's a, he's a tough, hard runner at 5'10, 220. Uh, so he packs a punch. Um, I wanted to go to our next guy. You know, we don't want to spend all day talking on Josh Jacobs. I do like the player though. Uh, but let's continue to move on here. I want to talk, you know, you were kind of going up uh, a little, you know, you want to talk about some of these guys. I want to talk about a potential breakout um, and somebody that I see as a potential breakout and actually somebody that I just bought. Um, and that's Noah Font. And, uh, and I know Noah Font's got – because we talked about tight ends, right? And you, you mentioned that kind of pre-pod uh, there and, and started the pod. But he caught a team-high 62 passes last year. He's 23 years old. He moves extremely well. You know, everybody's always searching for that next, you know, top five tight end. And I think Font is close. I really do. The thing that's holding him back, and I know you're going to agree, is the quarterback position. Can they get that figured out? I don't know. Um, but last year he finished PPR uh, tight end number eight. I mean, let's just read off some of his numbers. I know Cortland Sutton was out, but he had 93 targets, which was an, an uptick of about 30 from the year prior. 62 catches for 673 yards. If you were to just look at that, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's pretty nice for a tight end. And three touchdowns. So the red zone upside was limited. Uh, their offense wasn't fantastic. Um, but I'm very, very intrigued by Noah Font going forward. I actually just bought him, and I, I thought I got a steal on it. Um, so, you know, getting him for a second-round pick and then uh, uh, getting a third in return. Uh, so give me Noah Font. 
give me Noah Font. He is he's one of my buy candidates. Um, I, I think he's one of your next top tier tight ends. You know, Hawk is there already. I think Font is knocking on the door. Don't miss out on that. Um, and it might not happen this year, the quarterback position, but it is coming. He's too athletic. He's too good for me. He's he's one of those guys that are next in line for me. Yeah, and I think I mean I think there's an argument against that, but I, I actually personally I do like Font. I love the way that he moves. I love the way that he catches the ball, and he uh, he's one of the top targets in that offense. The only thing that I would just just for argument's sake here. So we have Jerry Judy that got drafted last year, very high. Now he's going to take another step forward, right? So he's going to be year two. He already was a pretty pretty decent player in year one. So he's going to take another step forward. We had Cortland Sutton that was out. Now he's going to come back. And he was already – I mean, he had over 1,000 yards two years ago. Not last year, obviously, because he was out after week one. So my question is, how do we, do we see Fonts' targets going up? Or do we see those almost kind of leveling out or going down potentially with, with, with Sutton – coming in we have Javante Williams there now which is another weapon we have Melvin Gordon out of the backfield still um I love the fact that he is 23 years old and was just tight in eight though with only three touchdowns the only concern that I have though with that with the three touchdowns is Cortland Sutton is a red zone threat do we see his red zone targets go up with Noah Font I'm not really sure about that to be honest with you because I think Cortland Sutton is a red zone threat so uh, I, I would, I, I'm not even saying don't go buy him because I honestly think that the, the value is there if you, it, to be had. But I don't, know, I don't know how much further I see him going up. A couple spots, tight end six maybe, maybe tight end five, which is, which is a great value. But at right now, I don't know, Tyler. What do, what, what do you think? What do we think about the targets? What do we think about those red zone, red zone touchdowns? Do you see those moving much with, with Sutton coming back and Judy taking a step forward, we would, we would assume, I guess? I'm going to chalk this up to they had a hard time scoring last year because they stunk. They got better this offseason, so more red zone opportunities uh, exist. Plus with Teddy Bridgewater there, who says Teddy doesn't win that job? Um, I, I'm buying the, the talent of the player. Uh, just because I know the tight end position can be a hard one. Um, that's what I'm buying there, and I'm chasing that because I see that top five upside. Um, Target-wise, yeah, I mean, it could be a crapshoot, man. I mean, he caught 4.1 passes per game last year. Um, I think it'll be around that. Maybe I'd love to see that more near five. All depends on how much they pass. I don't know. I mean, with Javante Williams in the mix, too, I mean, they could be very, very run-dominant, uh, and that and that's fine. Um, but – yeah, that, that's font in a nutshell for me. I'm buying him. Uh, he's much, much cheaper than Hawk. And, uh, and I think he's just knocking on the door behind Hawk there with, you know, the right opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would agree. He's way cheaper than Hawkinson right now. I think Hawkinson's through the roof, which I love Hawkinson. I'm not saying that I don't think he's great, but – I mean, Font is a much cheaper option for that potential with – I mean, you would hope they would up, upgrade that quarterback 
quarterback room a little bit. Unless Drew Locke just comes out, maybe he just shows out this year. Who knows? Or Teddy Teddy takes over the job. We don't really know what's going to happen there. But um, the way he performed, and he even had a little bit of drop issues last year and still put up those numbers where if he can kind of handle that and fix that problem, you're looking at a very nice player. So I, uh, I, I do like Hawk. I just wanted to kind of play that the devil's advocate there, if you will. No, so, that's perfect. So going into the next one, I don't want to make the, the obvious choice here, but I'm going to go with another running back who I'm not completely sold on. And he had a very strong finish last year. And that's David Montgomery. Um, David Montgomery just absolutely dominated the, 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 the last portion of the year. So, what do we think of David Montgomery going forward? So you're looking at a guy who was just RB4 in PPR leagues last year. Now he had just over 1,000 yards rushing, averaged 4.3 a carry, eight touchdowns, but he had 68 targets in the, in the air, 54 catches for 438 yards and two touchdowns, which is – that's pretty good numbers coming from a guy who's 23 years old, um, going on his third year now, but just after his second year, I'm actually not buying David Montgomery. I'm, I, I don't really love the player, to be honest with you. Um, I think the Bears are kind of a crapshoot. I don't think the line is very good. Tariq Cohen is coming back, which is going to take a, a little bit out of the pass game for him. I think those 68 targets for 54 catches is going to decrease – with Tariq Cohen coming back. People forget that he was out pretty much all year last year. And David Montgomery just went off in the, in the second half of the year with over 100 yards in, in three of the last five games. And, but speaking of that, they, they're going against Green Bay, bad rush defense. They're going against Detroit, terrible rush defense. We're going against Houston, awful team. Going against Minnesota, who had a terrible defense last year. Jacksonville was an absolute crapshoot. And then the Packers again, but that was week 17, which doesn't really matter for most fantasy teams. But still, I mean, he went against absolute terrible defenses, no Tariq Cohen, and he's, he's being valued. I just feel like I'm just not buying him. Some people are just waiting for him to break out again, and I'm not, I am not there whatsoever. To be honest with you, I'm selling on that second half of the season. What do you think, Tyler? I mean that was that was his breakout. Does he finish as running back number four again? No. So it's like, what are you buying? I actually like him still. I like the, I I like how he got fed, and I know I was partially because Cohen was out, but Cohen doesn't really steal a whole lot of carries from him. That's more of the passing game. So is he going to catch fifty four balls again? No. I mean, is is that offense going to take a step forward? Yeah, I think so with Justin Fields. Yeah. So I, I think there's more red zone opportunities potentially. Um, I, I, I'm still a fan of David Montgomery. I just think he finishes high RB2. You know, I mean, he was finishing around, I think, running back 20-something is uh, his first year, 24th, excuse me. Um, running back number four last year. I think he's he's running – he's somewhere around that back end RB1, which I don't think – I think he's more RB2 type guy. And not that that's bad, but – I. I'm not going out and buying him, but I do like the players still. But it's just not a guy that's on really my my target list. So do you think with a rookie quarterback that offense is going to take a huge step 
or a, a big step forward in this year. Because after this year, I mean, he's going to be on a contract year then. So that's that's what I'm looking at right now is I don't think he's going to have a great year this year as far as he's going to be around that running back 20, running back 18 mark, and then he's going to be on a contract year again. Or obviously for the first time, but he's going to be on a contract year. I just think now would be the time to sell David Montgomery. Just if you can, obviously every league is different, but if you can sell off the last eight games or six games of the season, I just, I would be all over that if you, if you could do it. Yeah. I'm all for selling him. I'm not in love with the guy. Um, I, I just saying, if you are an owner and, and you're keeping him, I think you're going to be rewarded. Like, I, I don't think he's terrible. So yeah, I'd be, I'd be definitely trying to sell him though. Do I take that off? Do I think the offense takes a step forward? I think Justin Fields is better than Trubisky. So in that sense, yes. Um, I, I think Fields could come in and start from day one. I think, I think he's a stud. Um, I don't think he's going to put up Justin Herbert numbers as like a rookie, but I, I think he's going to, he's going to be a nice addition to that offense. I, I'm really, really excited to see him. And he's got some really nice weapons um, in Mooney and Allen Robinson. So uh, that's that's an exciting little offense there. So, I, I, yeah, I'm a fan. Okay. I mean, I, I'm a huge Fields fan, too. We've discussed that, discussed that before on the pod. But I just I, I have a hard time, hard time buying the whole Montgomery thing. But moving on to our next guy, I'm going to stay on – no, I'm not, actually. We're going to go to a QB who – has showed out the last couple of years. Do you think, I just want, I mean, most people have this guy ranked at like number two in dynasty quarterbacks, Kyler Murray. We sticking with that, Tyler? Are we buying that? Or are we, do we think he's going to fall off? What do we think of the Arizona offense and Kyler Murray? Just kind of switch up positions a little bit. No, he's my guy. He's a stud. High, high volume pass offense. They throw the ball a ton. He gets it down on the ground. I think he's only going to get better. Um, so I, I mean, I think he's a, a future star of this league here. As we see some of these, you know, other quarterbacks start leaving. I think he's one of the faces of the NFL. Um, awesome player. I'm, I'm a huge fan. So yeah, I, I have. He absolutely warrants uh, warrants that in my mind. You know, if you're doing a startup. I mean, he's he's absolutely. I, I could take him there, and I I would feel fine. I I, I think he's great. Yeah, and I, I just threw that out to kind of switch up positions, but I I completely agree with you. I think he was QB two last year, honestly, and he had a bum shoulder for a lot of the years. So, I think he is a absolute stud, and or QB three last year, excuse me, but. Yeah, absolute stud. He's only 23 years old, so he's going to be on, our dynasty, on your dynasty teams for a very long time. Um, I just want to throw that one out there. Obviously, that's going to we're on, we're consensus with that. Absolute animal. Uh, he's got the rushing upside too, so he's giving you points on the ground. He can get you the rushing touchdowns. He's a fantasy gem, man. Absolutely. So, Tyler, what do you got on the next one? Yeah, I want to give you a list of receivers here, Rye, and I want you to tell me the guy that's most likely to break out. And I'm going to name off some guys that have not broke out yet and because uh, I'm kind of on the breakout train here. Um, so we're going to uh, – yeah, we're going to go Hollywood Brown, Debo Samuel, 
Paris Campbell. And should I just throw Nikhil Harry's name in there for the heck of it? Let's go with those first three that I mentioned. So we have Paris Campbell, uh, Debo Samuel, Hollywood Brown. Sorry, me Cole Hardman. I lost my fourth guy. Scratch off Nikhil Harry. So Hollywood Brown, Samuel, Hardman, Paris Campbell. Who is most likely to break out and have a successful season as a third-year breakout? I think... The the easy choice is Debo Samuel, just because he has had some stellar games. My problem with Debo is now that Brandon Ayuk is there, um, it's kind of a low volume offense, and Debo has only played he played 15 games as in 2019, but he only played seven games last year. Um, the guy is an absolute weapon when he gets the ball in his hands, though. So, am I betting on Debo Samuel? Probably out of that group to, to be the, the breakout guy to, and I'm not even saying breakout like 1400 yards. I'm saying like Debo Samuel is going to have 900 yards on the ground or on, through the air and then 150 on the ground. Cause they'd like to give it to him on, on those end arounds and stuff like that. But other than that, I'm going Paris Campbell just because I love the prospect the the guy was the guy put up like six catches for 70 80 yards the first game last year and then gets hurt again so he's got the same injury issues as Debo Samuel does so I like Paris Campbell going forward I think he's a great buy because I think he's pretty cheap um, I'm not a huge Michael Hardman guy I think I'm, I'm not buying him if you can sell him sell him but He's just one of those guys where I'm just I'm just avoiding him. I don't have him on any teams of mine, and I'm in about six dynasty leagues. I have zero Michael Hardman shares, but I would say Debo Samuel out of that group, um, just because when he's when he's there, he's good, man. He's very good, and if the, I mean they get him the ball to the clo- close to the line of scrimmage, and he and he can make things happen, so. I'm going to go Debo out of that group. Paris Campbell, a close second, but the only reason that I'm not choosing him is because we haven't seen really anything out of him, and that makes me a little bit nervous. But I think D, or I think Paris Campbell is more of a buy than Debo is just because of the name value. Paris Campbell, I feel like, has been forgotten about, and you can get him for pretty cheap. But if I'm betting on stats alone, Debo Samuel is the guy. Yeah, and you're probably right there. You did You failed to mention Hollywood Brown at all. Yeah, we've we've discussed him on 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 other pods. Not a huge fan of Hollywood. He's going to get you thirty points one game, and then go about for four, five, and six the next three games. Then they added Rashad Bateman, who I love a lot more than Hollywood Brown. Um, they added Tylen Wallace, so they're adding wide receivers. Um, Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins. There, it's a low volume offense. We didn't like him before. Now they added three more wide receivers. I'm just out on Hollywood Brown, honestly. Even if even if he is a decent value in your startup leagues, like why? I think you can get I think you can get more upside. I think his upside is lacking for Hollywood Brown. Like what a, what upside is there? He's a decent wide receiver. You you bet, but he's in a bad offense. We just added a bunch of wide receivers. I'm just I'm not in on Hollywood whatsoever. So that's probably why I forgot about him. But 
Um, but yeah, we, we weren't high on them before. I'm definitely not high on them now. Um, but Debo out of that group for me. And it seems like Brandon Ayuk is the one that's getting a lot of the attention and dynasty Twitter is all over Brandon Ayuk and, you know, with the potential of, of Trey Lance there and Trey Lance slinging that thing around, um, you know, I'm a fan of Trey Lance. I think his potential is absolutely through the roof and upside galore in fantasy world. Uh, and then you got Debo Samuel there, who's highest finishes wide receiver PPR 32, I believe, his rookie year. Last year he had that foot fracture, and we knew it wasn't going to be a good year. Yeah, 32, yeah. 32. Uh, so we knew it wasn't going to be a good year last year um, with that foot injury that he suffered early in the preseason or before. So, you know, he's probably the best candidate. I do like what you said about uh, uh, Campbell. And, and then Hardman. Everybody wants Hardman to be Tyree Kill. Um, Hardman is not Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill is a very, very good football player. And Hardman's solid. But I think Hardman is is going to be one of those boomer bust guys that air yards galore. And he's going to be a boomer bust guy. And he's going to be nothing more than a DFS play. Um, but... You know, if you're still holding on in the dynasty world, there was opportunity that left with Sammy gone. Now they signed back to Marcus Robinson. I know they're a fan of Pringle as well. I believe they took a receiver in the draft too. Not sure, really sure. I can't blank it on that one. But then you got Michael Hardman. So is his snap share going to increase? Yes. Could that be a potential breakout? Yeah, maybe. I mean, depends how you know his volume that he gets. Uh, you know, we know Mahomes likes to sling that thing around. So um, that a lot of people want anything to do with that offense. So I could see where somebody would, would say me Hardman and I wouldn't say no, but I'm kind of in the same with you. Uh, he's more of a DFS play than a, than a dynasty week to week play for me. I so. mean, when, when was the last time that the chiefs had a second wide receiver that was actually viable in fantasy? It's Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, right? Yeah. And, and it's so hard when you got Kelsey demanding lots of targets and Hill demanding lots of targets. So that's what makes him a boomer bust guy for me. Totally with you there. So I'm going to go one. I'm going to go another wide receiver here who I actually really, really, really like. Um, there's some question marks around the offense. There's some question marks around his hands, which I'm not super concerned about, but we're going to go Deontay Johnson. And he had a bunch of drops last year, but he got absolutely peppered with targets. Um, love the player actually. And the questions around him are big Ben is going to be leaving probably sooner rather than later. Right. But the guy had 144 targets last year. So almost had a thousand yards, seven touchdowns ended up as an R or a wide receiver two at wide receiver 21 in PPR leagues. Do we think that he takes a step forward? They signed Juju back for another year. I'm not really sure if we think that's an actual thing because Juju had better offers. He decided to come back to the Steelers, who wasn't going to pay him as much. Um, they have Chase Claypool there. They got a new running back who catches passes out of the backfield. Um, what do we think of Deontay Johnson going forward? I personally like him. He's 24 years old, which is not old whatsoever for wide receivers. I don't think like the drops he's Amari Cooper had the drop problem, but he's been, a, he's been a very good fantasy wide receiver. So 
what do we think of Deontay Johnson going forward, Tyler? I think he's a dark horse guy to finish as in that wide receiver one category. And you just mentioned it there. He will be the highest scoring fantasy player on that team. Really nice player. And I actually like uh, Chase Claypool, but Deontay Johnson's targets are going to be better. And, um, you know, their offensive line's not very good. I want to say that they're going to be so run heavy. And I do think they're going to really try and establish the run just for everybody's sake in that offense. But Juju doesn't scare me um, from stealing a ton of targets. It's it's going to be the, the Deontay Johnson show as long as Roethlisberger is healthy and can get him the ball. So uh, very he's, he's a dark horse candidate for me and to finish as a wide receiver one. And some people don't even think that's, you know, they wouldn't blink an eye at that because I know there's people higher on him than me. But um, you can't ignore the targets and some of the games that he had last year. Oh, I, I absolutely agree. So does it – is he a buy candidate even though Roethlisberger is leaving or does that kind of hinder his his value just knowing that Ross, Roethlisberger probably has one year left, maybe two, but we don't really know. That's that's the thing. So if they bring in a rookie quarterback, does that change a whole lot? Like what are we, what are we doing with him? Are we buying, selling – we're just riding out the ship if you own them, or what? What, what do you think here? I, I, I'm kind of perplexed to be honest with you because I love the player, I love the volume he's getting, and I love the offense, but I just know there's an ending to that. There's a, there's an expiration date on the Pittsburgh Steeler offense. So, the and I don't know exact records off the top of my head, but the Pittsburgh Steelers have been a pretty successful NFL team for the last 15 years. And a lot, a lot of that to do is a nice quarterback. They strike me as a team that, because they don't need to rebuild. I mean, they're a pretty rock solid team, right? They strike me as a team that instead of drafting a rookie QB would maybe, you know, you know, and I know Matt Stafford just got traded, but a guy like that, they would acquire a veteran that's ready to go. And uh, they strike me as a team like that. So I would not, with Ben Roethlisberger's, you know, you know, longevity up in the air, that wouldn't hamper me from going out and buying Deontay Johnson. So if, if that answers the question. Cause I, I just think he's very attainable in dynasty leagues, like for what he can give you and fantasy output, I think he's very attainable. That's that's why I asked the question. Like are people, I don't know. I just feel like people aren't valuing him like 150 target person that he just had that. If you own him, I'm sure you don't want to get rid of him. <laughs> no, probably not, but man. No, you're right. He's not valued like some of those other guys, but he has the potential to finish as an, a wide receiver one. I, so, I absolutely agree with that. I would, I would and, love to see that. Yeah, and so there's no reason he can't do that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he could be a buy candidate if you're, if you're talking there. I think he's going to be harder to acquire than you would think. I, I don't know. I didn't know he was – you think he's kind of slept on. I I don't know. I think the cat's out of the bag on that one. With 144 targets last year, that's that's monstrous targets. It is. I just I, – there's a drop stigma around him, and that's the only reason I think that he's being slept on. And the, the emergence of Chase Claypool, too. Like, I, I think that hampers his value as well. They just re-signed Juju. So, I mean – I. 
I, like I said before, every league is different, but I think there is leagues out there who who would play all of that into their mindset with Chase Claypool coming in. We have Juju getting re-signed. We have the dropsies of Deontay Johnson. Like that is a great buy opportunity if you can get somebody who's thinking like that, to be honest with you. Like not everybody's going to. Obviously, they're going to look at those targets. They're going to look at the volume. They're going to look at his age. But some some of those leagues, you you never know. So, Tyler, you got another guy for us? Yeah, my list is kind of – it's getting lower for me here, right? Because, I mean, you got those guys that – you know, you got DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown who are absolute studs. So, we're not going to sit and, and talk about those guys. Um, there is one more guy that I want to chat about that's on my list here. Um, I, I almost did sneak in Singletary and Daryl Henderson, uh, if you want to chat about them. But I want to talk about Miles Sanders. Um, they just drafted Kenneth Gainwell. And, you know, Miles Sanders is a guy, he's really weird. He, he's super weird. Last year, he was off the charts uh, value-wise going into that season. Uh, there were people that thought that he was going to be uh, fantastic, and he underperformed big time. Finishes running back number 24. Um, what are you thinking about Miles Sanders? And I know that whole offense kind of stunk as a whole. And they they underperformed big time. And he only played in 12 games. Uh, but there were higher expectations for Miles Sanders than what he did. And he still had five point. I'm looking at his yards per carry. 5.29 yards per carry. That, that's not nothing to, to snuff about. But I, I thought he was going to be more involved in the passing game. Uh, only 28 catches last year, 50 is rookie year. Um, that's a pretty big difference. And I know he did miss some games, but Miles Sanders going forward. Do you like him more than David Montgomery? I'm just, I'm trying to gauge your interest on Miles Sanders right now. I do like him more than David Montgomery personally. Um, but I was one of those idiots who were super high on him last year and <laughs> went out and bought him. And it, it was, a. Uh, pretty rocky road for this guy so when he did play though that's a frustrating part he was just banged up all year long and that maybe I mean he's a lighter slimmer guy so he's 5'11 210 um only 24 years old but man he put up I mean he put up good numbers when he played 95 yards 95 yards had a had a dud of a week there in week four which was 46 went up for 80 118, 85, had a couple duds there again, which, and then he only played like for the percent snaps, he was only 72, 60, 62, 56. Like it's just a little difficult for me to judge Miles Sanders. And now they brought in Kenny Gainwell, I believe, who's a pass catching running back. So I can't imagine his receptions are going to go up at all. Um, if he can play all 16 games, I'd be a little more excited about it where he could be up and around that thousand yard mark, um, around seven to nine touchdowns potentially, which would put him in that, um, not low end RB two, but high end RB two range is where that would, that would put him, which is great. But I just feel like your chance to sell Miles Sanders already happened. And if you did great was last year and I was, completely on the Miles Sanders train and I, I that was a mistake that was that was a complete mistake on my part so I think you're going to look at anywhere from RB 15 to 18 from Miles Sanders is where I'm seeing him right now 
at least in my head. And I mean, that's, that's, that's valuable to your dynasty teams, but man, from where his value was to where it is now. And now they added another running back. The Eagles offense isn't that great as a whole. It's just tough to fall in love with him again. So his value, if you, if you own him, you can't really sell him to be honest with you, because who's going to want him now at, at, at this value. So you're kind of hanging on and hoping, or he's going to be that, that flex play for you. That third running back for you is kind of the, the, the idea there with Miles Sanders. So I don't know what you think of him going for. Would you, would you rather David Montgomery or Miles Sanders, Tyler? The thing that I did not like about Miles Sanders last year was I feel like he wasn't being fed the ball enough. I mean, uh, let me just go back to some of the games here. One game where he was, he actually played really well where he had against uh, new Orleans, he had 14 carries for 115 yards and two touchdowns. Why is he not getting the ball more? That was the most frustrating thing. Like he, I felt like he wasn't getting enough touches and I don't remember game script and I'm sure that had something to play uh, a part of this, but I, I feel like he was a guy that wasn't getting enough touches. So one could make the argument, and they're so close for me. One could make the argument that David Montgomery is going to receive more touches. Touches equates to fantasy production, typically in fantasy points. Volume so, is king, baby. Volume it is. is. So it's like, what are they going to do with Miles Sanders? That's the thing. I, I felt like he was underutilized last year. Um, they, 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 they got rid of the head coach, so we can only hope that the new one likes Miles Sanders, but I don't like, yeah. I don't like hoping in fantasy football. Yeah. So, uh, that worries me a little bit. Like you said, uh, you mentioned the snap share there and I know he was kind of banged up for a bit. So you don't think he has, you don't think he has it in him to finish as an RB one ever again? I'm what what bugs me is thinking about who's all in, ahead of him. I know when you uh, break it down and actually look, it's a lot more difficult. Oh, but you look Jesus. at Miles Sanders's talent, and it's like, yeah, he could finish as an RB one, and then you go and lay it out on paper, and it's like, oh no, he's not gonna be more. He's not gonna have more points than this guy. This guy. So, so I, mean, I, I do understand that. Yeah, I mean, you look at it. You have McCaffrey, Barkley. We have Nick Chubb. We have Kamara. We have potentially Josh Jacobs. We have um, J- uh, Jonathan Taylor. We have what? Are, what? Are, what? What are some other ones? We have some young Zeke, guys. Najee Harris. Yeah, I mean that's like eight, nine guys right there. Joe Mixon. Yes, and the and the injured guys from last year. So it's like Eckler. Yeah, it's it, it's a tough pill to swallow with with Sanders and, and and I'm on the board there where it's like god dang but I don't really see him finishing his RB1 anymore honestly he's gonna be 24 he's gonna be 25 next year so we're looking at the, kind of the back half of his contract and we got all these guys ahead of him we have some good running back classes the last couple of years um, I mean Swift I think has more potential than Sanders to be an RB1 to be honest with you, he, he just came into the league last year. So it's those kind of guys where it's the opportunity. It's getting banged up all the time. It's, it, it's, it's tough. It's tough with Sanders. And I, I just think you missed your window there to, to sell him for sure. Yeah, you might be right. And I know you were very, very high on him last year. And um, 
the talent is there. It's just, it didn't quite work out. So uh, anybody else that that's actually it for me, player wise, Rye, that I wanted to bring up. Is there anybody else that you want to touch on before we wrap things up here at block and back? Um, I think so. Hold on one, one more tight end. I just want to get you, get your, uh, get your take on. I know I don't love ending the podcast on a tight end, but it's Irv Smith Jr. So they got rid of Kyle Rudolph this year. Kyle Rudolph ended the year pretty well, or uh, Irv Smith ended the year pretty well, actually. What do we think of him? This is going to be a third year as a tight end. It typically takes a couple of years for these tight ends to break out. Are we looking at a breakout of, um, for Irv Smith, or is he just going to kind of be that tight end 9 to 15 guy? What, what, what do we think of him? I mean, he absolutely could be. Didn't the uh, head coach come out or offensive coordinator come out and say that his role isn't going to change this upcoming year? And it's like, what? It's a head scratcher. It's like, why wouldn't his, so you're going to tell me he's not going to get any more targets. I don't know. I, I actually like the player. I mean, who else is he competing with targets for? You got Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, who else? That's it. Delvin Cook, I guess, because he Delvin can spell the ball out of, out of the backfield. But you, you're right. I, I was I, I was wondering if you saw that or not. They came out and said his role will not change, which is absolutely freaking mind-bottling to me. Like, how? How is his role not going to change without Kyle Rudolph? It's just a – I don't know if I'm buying it or if we're going to take that and run with it. I don't really know. You want to know the best thing about Irv Smith Jr.? What? Is his number. He wears the number 84. So when I see him running in a Vikings jersey with number 84 (laughs) out there, running across the middle, that gets me excited. And that looks cool. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. And maybe the offensive coordinator is trying to motivate him or playing a mind game with him. I don't know. Uh, But it is kind of a head scratcher. It's like there's – there's targets up for grabs. Couldn't he be one to, to snag some of those targets? So I like the player. I, um, I mean, I bet on Noah Font breaking out over, over Irv Smith jr. I mean, he, he's a tier below. I, I don't think Irv Smith finishes as a tight end one. We'll, we'll kind of leave it at that's where I'll kind of. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. It's tough to buy Irv Smith after hearing hearing that from the head coach like it is very tough but that is all we have for you at block in the back and i don't really have much left to, to leave with the listeners so obviously it's been a while so we're, we're really glad we're back so i can't wait to get a now we're slowing down at work for me and and hopefully we can all get this together and it's been fun tyler and thank you for listening to block in the back Thank you for listening to Block in the Back Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Dynasty Fantasy Football related. If you liked what you heard today, hit that subscribe button, tell all your friends about us, and then hop on Twitter and give us a follow at Dynasty Block. Thank you, and remember, you are listening to Block in the Back.